Welcome to Rock Your Reinvention, the show for high-achieving career women who refuse to settle for mediocrity and aren't afraid to take bold action. This is a place where you can authentically show up, where every dream and goal can be validated and achieved. Hi, I'm your host, Karen Freeland, a certified life reinvention coach, speaker, and award-winning author. I'm here to give you the tips, tools, and strategies to help you shift your mindset, build your confidence, and take meaningful actions so you can rock your reinvention. Ready to go from stuck to thriving? Let's go. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Rock Your Reinvention. I am so excited for today's guest. She's super humble, so she's going to be like, don't call me doctor, probably. But Dr. Rebecca Heiss is in the house, and I couldn't be more excited. Well, I'll tell you more about how we met and all that in a minute, but welcome. <laughs> well, thank you. Thanks so much for having me on, Karen. I'm excited to be here. You know, I think people are going to be like, whoa, this might be the first person that is like totally matched Karen's energy because I'm intense. <laughs> like I'm a lot. It's hard yeah. to have as much energy yeah. as me. And I feel like you're one of the few people that I've met that are just like on it. Man, I'm going to take that as a huge compliment. Typically people see me and they're like, maybe we shouldn't give her more coffee. Uh <laughs> <laughs> no, more is good. More is, more is good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So super excited. Before we get into all of this, though, why don't you just give us the down low? Who are you? What do you do? Where are you based out sure. of? And, you know, like a fun fact or something. Yeah. So I'm a stress physiologist turned keynote speaker. So I do keynote speaking for a living now. I am on stages all over the world. I'm super, super lucky to be able to bring my speech to associations and organizations and individuals that need some help transforming their fears into fuel that they can use rather than stuff that just holds them back in life. So let's see, a fun fact, I hiked the Camino de Santiago. So a 500 mile long trek across Spain. It was incredible. How long um, did that take? 21 days. So yeah, it was a, it was incredible. It was one of the best experiences of my life. And it's where I learned to drink red wine mixed with diet Sprite, which is a whole other, (laughs) a whole other aside, but yeah. Well, you know, in my corporate days, I drank a lot of vodka and coffee. So I'm always interested in these like yeah. interesting concoctions. <laughs> it's a, it's a, what is it? A cafe cupa, right? A, a cafe and a shot. Yeah. Coffee and shot. So yeah, for me, that was, a, it, it was, so it's called a Tinto de Verano, right? It, it's all fancy sounding. It's literally like a lemon lime soda that's mixed in with your wine, but it's super refreshing and I love it. So when I came back to the States, the closest thing I could find is Diet Sprite and red wine and it's delicious. There you go. I did a thrift um, with some red wine this this summer. I took a little break for my detox while I was at the beach and that was, it was really refreshing. I'm just saying, like people always knock it. They're like, oh, how could you do that to red wine? And I'm like, well, you got to try it first because it's delicious. Because it's good. (laughs) That's amazing. I mean, 21 days trekking. So there's two big things you said there. First, 21 days trekking across like a foreign country. That sounds like heaven to most of us, right? Like, wouldn't we just kill to have 21 days to go and just do it, do something for ourselves. Go do it. Go do it. Stop, stop making excuses about what's stopping you and just go do it because you will, you will change your life. Yeah. All, all of the things that. that we think are important, like they wait, <laughs> they'll wait yeah. for us. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you for that. And I'm, I know a lot of people who listen to this show, they have dreams of being a keynote speaker and doing that full time (laughs) and doing that for a living. So I'm just curious right out of the gate, like, do you have a tip for someone who is not quite there yet, but they want to make that leap? Yeah. Speak, 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 speak everywhere you can. 
volunteer to go speak places, show up at the moose lodges, you know, go, go anywhere you can and speak because there's a saying in the industry, which is the more you speak, the more you speak, which means, you know, the more you actually are heard out there, the more people volunteer and raise their hands and say, oh, we'd like to hire Rebecca. You know, we'd like to hire, we'd like to hire Karen. The more you speak, the more you speak and the more repetitions you get, whether that's in front of your two kids at home or your, your partner or whatever, or a crowd of 20,000, you're going to need those repeats to get there. So, so yeah, just raise your hand, volunteer, search for calls for proposals and, and put yourself out there. That's the, I the love best way that. you're going. Because yeah. you're not sitting there waiting for the universe or the speaker fairy to fly down mm. and bibbity bobbity boo you. You're like, no, I'm going to take control of my destiny and make this happen. Yeah, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> oh, you wish it did. doesn't work but... <laughs> like that. Yeah, I know, right? I'll just be staying here sprinkling some fairy dust on people. No, right. you got you to gotta do it. It's, it's a lot yeah. of work. It's a, it's a hard, hard path, but it's doable. Yeah, yeah. it's doable. So we're going to get to your big event coming up in Greenville in just a minute. Ooh, but, I'm excited. Um, I know, but I want to share first how we got to know each other. And it was actually through yeah. your book, Instinct. I'm going to put that up on screen there that. for a second. Hey. I got yep. it back there. Oh, look at that. Ages. Look at you. Yeah. There you go. Uh, yes. And it's, so it's called Instinct. Rewire your brain with science-backed solutes to increase productivity and achieve success. Oh, that's a that lot. is a title. I'll tell you. But I will tell you, the book lives up to it. So I am currently, I'm not going to lie. I haven't finished it. I'm on page 164, as you can see. Oh, you're your doing jacket, the good stuff. Like, I yeah. use the jacket to, <laughs> to bookmark it. But um, I was reading this book and I was on a camping trip and I posted about it on Instagram and you so graciously reshared my post in your stories. And I sat there and I, I mean, I'm just going to try not to fangirl too much, but I'm like, Oh my God, Danny. I'm like with my husband. I'm like, Oh my God, that author, that doctor, she, she put my thing in her story. So I'm like freaking out. And I'm like, should I send her a DM? I'm like, I kind of want to DM her and see if she'll, yeah. if she'll endorse my book. And so anyone who has seen my book, Grab Life by the Dreams, you're going to see a, someone's name at the top, uh, forward by it's me. Yes, Dr. Rebecca Heiss. <laughs> and so thank you for that. But it really was just, you know, reaching out and having the audacity to be like, um, would you mind taking a look at my book? <laughs> Listen, thank you for that. Because so many people, I can't tell you how many people will say, you know, when they find out what I do, they're like, oh my gosh, I want this. And, and can I get that? And I'm like, dude, reach out to me. Yeah. Nobody does. Nobody ever does. I'm like, reach out. I, I am I am a human being that puts my pants on the same way as everybody else. Like, I, I want to help. I got into this industry specifically to help people. So reach out. You know, you yeah. never know. Having having the audacity, as you say, I just think it's it's living all in. It's actually living what you're preaching, which I think is so important, right? You're super authentic about it. You're here going like grab life by the dreams. Um <laughs> Here's my dream. I want this person to give me my forward. Boom. There it is. Right. So thank you for the opportunity. It was, a, it was an honor. It was really fun. Oh, I appreciate yeah. that. Thank you. So what inspired sure. you to write a book? Did you know you always wanted to be an author? Or did this fall into your lap? Walk <laughs> us through this journey. Oh, gosh. How did I write my book? Um, I wrote my book because I quit my job, sold my house, and divorced my husband in a month. And I didn't have much going on at that time. Uh, there we go. This was, this was one of those life-shattering moments where I realized that the life that I had been living was completely inauthentic and not, not true to who I was. I'd, I'd done all the things I was quote-unquote supposed to do, right? And I'd achieved and achieved and achieved and achieved. And I finally looked around one day and was like, this is, this is not me. This is, this is fear, right? This is all of the fears that have given me this life. And so 
I started developing this technique that I call T minus three, which is the the research that I had done to, to earn my PhD, right, around stress. And I started actually applying it to myself and saying, well, mm-hmm. what does it look like when you stress out for three minutes about the thing that you're so afraid of? And then you take two deep breaths and you start getting curious, right? What does it actually look like? And so many of my fears had been, well, what if you fail? What if you get rejected? What if you're not enough? What if, what if, what if? And when I started getting curious about them, I was like, what if you don't? Right? Like, what right. if you don't fail? Or like, yeah. what if what if you sit there and you don't go after your dreams and then on your deathbed, you're miserable because you uh. didn't actually live, right? So um, yeah. those fears of regret become very, very real. So I started writing and I... <laughs> I had no idea. Honestly, I had no idea what I was doing, which I think is a huge benefit because if I had any idea how hard it was to get published and to write yes. a book, I never would have started. But I started, I just started writing and being completely ignorant of the industry. I reached out to somebody that I thought was a publisher and she's a publishing agent. And she's like, yeah, that's not what I do, but I love what you have to say. Let's talk. And then she taught me how to write a book proposal, which is like an 85 page document that you submit to the publishing houses. And she walked me through everything. And thank you, Lucinda Literary. I'm just going to push that out there. Lucinda Ooh, yes. Amazing. Like best agent ever sold my book. And then I wrote it again because I didn't know what I was doing <laughs> the first time. So uh, it was an incredible process. And, you know, I think, again, the audacity, the, the I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. I'm going to reach out to this person is what got me where I am today. Um, I love that. And I didn't know that. That's what we typically call the reinvention story, right? Mm. Where you like, you look at your life and go, this isn't working. And some people will make like one small tweak and you just like, bam, bam, bam. You're like, the whole thing's got to (laughs) go. It was a, I mean, it was a nuclear bomb. I'm I'm not going to lie. And it's not, you know, I, I don't say that lightly to say to your, to your listeners like, oh, well, that's the solution. I'm just going to go do that. Like, that's my takeaway. No, no, no. It was awful. Like, I don't want to romanticize it. It was the worst period of my life. And it allowed me to get to where I needed to go. So I think so often we get stuck on what I call adaptive peaks, right? We're, we're on this peak and we're like, oh, well, I'm here. I'm, I'm, that's, this is good. This is nice. And then we look and we're like, oh, but there's a peak over there. And that's, that's really where I want to be. But if you want to get to that peak, you got to go down first. And the yes. going down sucks. And then you got to climb again. And that sucks. And like, there's no part of that journey that's fun. So a lot of people just sit on this peak and they're like, well, it's enough. Mm -hmm. And that's fine if it is. But you have to make sure that it's enough for you, not for somebody else, not for the person that you're trying to please, for you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And good for you for following your intuition, you know? And I think, I know you're all about like, fear less, like have less fear in your life. And so super curious how your book can help women, especially women in the corporate space, overcome their fears. Yeah. I mean, I think so often, um, and there's a reason that you said it very well, you know, fear less, less is in parentheses. I don't think being fearless is smart. I think there's a reason for fear. And I think so much of my book is about understanding the fears that exist right? The fears that exist in us are there for good reason. They're there for our ancestors. They were built into our biology to help us stay alive, to help us create community, to help us not be rejected by our tribes because we would die. Right. But that's not true anymore, right? Like what's true today was not true for our ancestors. You get kicked out of the tribe ancestrally, you die. 
And unfortunately, we're still carrying around those same brains. So our Stone Age brain says like, oh, you got to people please. You got to be very careful. Like, don't step on any toes. Don't stick your head out. Like, it's a dangerous world. The world is an incredibly abundant, safe space for anybody that's listening to this podcast right now. Right. Now, that's not true for everybody. And I, I don't mean to, to paint this with a, a privileged gloss here. Everybody is struggling. There are some struggles that people are going through that are absolutely horrid, and I'm not trying to, to ignore those. Right. And for the most part, today is the most safe, the most abundant, the most incredible time that you can be alive, period. Agreed. And so when we start to think like that, when we start to recognize and update our brain, so many of those fears, and I talk about, I talk about three kinds of fears, right? Three stressors. The stressors that live in your head, those voices that are like, Psst, they're going to kick you out. They're going to reject you. You're not enough. Okay. Right. So there's those voices, right? Then there's the stressors that are outside of your head. The ones like the emails, the pings, the dings, the, like, the boss coming in that you're like, oh gosh, I have to do this. Those are real stressors that you don't get to control here. Mm-hmm. And then the third type of stressor is that disruptive stressor. Those phone calls that you get that change your life forever. Uh, and each of those stressors, each of those has an opportunity to fuel you, but you have to understand how our bodies first react to stress. So instead of trying to calm down in the moment, which is what everybody tells you, right? Like, just calm down, just take a breath, calm down. Uh-uh. No, no, no. You're in like a physiologically heightened state. You need to rage. You need to run. You need to scream. You need to punch. Mm. You got to, or you, you maybe you need to freeze for a second. Like, Whatever that that response is, whether it's a fight, flight, freeze response, you gotta allow your body to go through it. Otherwise, wow. we're not we're not gonna get to the other side. So that's the big secret that I don't think enough people are talking about. No, for sure not. And I mean, I just that resonates with me so much. I worked for a UK company for a while, and I would wake up mm-hmm. in the morning, and the first thing I would do is look at my emails, and you know, uh-huh. three hundred new ones had come in overnight. Maybe not three hundred, yeah. but still, they felt like three hundred, right? Mm-hmm. And it was like, we need this, and we're going to do this new project. I my feet have not even hit the ground yet, and I'm already like raging and going, you know, crazy. And it was so stressful for me. But of course, the advice you're always given is like, just take a deep breath, you'll be fine. And it's like, I think I tried doing that. And it just bubbled and bubbled and bubbled. Yeah, it did, sure. it did. And I just became this like toxic mm-hmm. creature. <laughs> so venomous. Yeah. It was because awful. When we, yeah. When we ignore stress, it just piles up. It makes it worse. It's like my favorite example to do to do with groups is, is to ask people, okay, don't think about pink elephants. Don't you do it. Don't think about a pink elephant right now. You know, you're thinking about pink elephant. You right. can't help it. And that's what we do to our stress all the time. It's like, don't think about it. You know, just push it down. Calm mm. down. Calm. Don't think no, you got it. You got to be like, oh, there's a pink elephant and it's flying. It's doing these things. Like recognize it, own it and allow your body to go through it. Because Robert Sapolsky, who's a very famous scientist in, in my field in stress physiology, talks about stress being built for three minutes of screaming terror. That's what your body is built for. Three minutes of screaming terror across the savannah. After which either you're dead <laughs> Right. No, right? Really. Yeah. Or the stressor is over because the tiger right. missed you. That's what our stress response is built for. So when we translate that into the modern world and we're like, there's 300 emails, right? Right. You can't just go, it's fine. No, no, no. You need that three minutes of absolute screaming terror across the savannah, whether that's jumping up and down or punching something or screaming or like freaking out. Set right. the timer and give yourself the space to allow your body to process it. 
after which you can begin to go, okay, yeah, what are the strategies here, right? Like get back into that cognitive space. But if you're trying to do that too soon, forget about it. It's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, no, that's gold. Yeah. And I'm telling you, as I was reading this book, I wished I had had it when I was in corporate because it made so <laughs> many things clear about why women were so catty or why men treated women the way they do. And it doesn't excuse it or make it right. But you do such a great job of just bringing it to light so that we can understand these things and realize yeah. they're not really doing it because it's a personal attack on you, but it's, it is their instinct. They don't even know they're doing it. Right. In a lot of yeah. cases. Yeah, I mean that's that's the biggest thing, and I, I think this is a really hard thing for people to grasp because we're because we're human, right? And yeah. we immediately go to blame and shame because blame, shame, fear, guilt—that's that's what causes us to survive, right? And so sure. our brains are really, really good at that. The problem is, of course, like I don't mean to react when I see somebody who doesn't look like me, doesn't act like me, doesn't have the same political opinions as me, doesn't. But ancestrally, if they're from another tribe, I know subconsciously that they're going to kill me and take all my resources, right? Like, now this is, of course, not right. true in the globalized environment that we live in, right? Of course, that's not the case. But we're going to have that stress reaction. And our first immediate response, whether you feel it or not, is that bias. Mm. And so when we're aware of it, when we're like, oh, oh, that's what's going on. You know, men aren't trying to be jerks when they're like, out trying to race their fancy cars or, you know, <laughs> climb the social ladder to prove themselves. Like that's just, that's what we value men for. And we have evolutionarily forever valued them for their status, for their resources. Of course that makes sense that he's flashing his Rolex watch at me. Of course. Right. Right. So again, understanding the world through sort of the lens of, of evolution and, and how our brains developed, I think is a really powerful way to, to step back from the blame and shame that, that often mm. dictates our behaviors. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Okay, so shifting gears a little bit. I know that you are obviously, I was going to say nationally, but you know, you're a world-renowned speaker. And I think <laughs> yeah. a lot of people probably assume that you can get up and speak to thousands of people. You must not have any fears yourself, yet your program is all about how <clears throat> you fear less. So let's yeah. just be real. Like, do you ever experience fear? And if so, how do you overcome it? Yeah, a thousand percent. I mean, listen, first of all, let me dispel the myth that stress physiologists don't have stress. Like, mm, right. of course I have stress. And it, by the way, not having stress is a dead person's goal. Like, that's a terrible idea. You want stress in your life. Stress actually helps you achieve certain things. So do I get nervous? Yeah. Yeah, stress is the barometer for how much you care. So I think the, the thing that I'll say to that is you get better at controlling it. You get better at using it for fuel rather than for fear. So I'll give an example, right? You use public speaking. Most people hate public speaking. They're terrified of it. They get that yep. like racing heart. Every time on, I step on stage, I get a racing heart every time. But here's what I know. I really care. And my heart is pumping blood to my brain that's delivering oxygen, which allows me to make this better. Mm. That's, what, that's the difference is, is I use that to fuel me rather than to pull from me to to allow that fear to take advantage of me. And so when I get up there and I start like stumbling and mumbling, I could tell that story of like, oh my gosh, you sound like an idiot. Or I could say, wow, I sound really human right now. Yeah. And this is I'm having a real human experience. I must really, really care about this presentation. And the exact same thing is happening. It's just the story that I'm mm -hmm. telling. And I think that's a really powerful thing for people to recognize is is, you know, reframing that stressor carries a ton of power because our stories really do create our reality.
Yes. Oh, mindset's everything. I always tell my clients, yeah. like, you know, me mechanics are 20%, right? Like if you want to be a speaker, then yeah, yeah you want to have yeah. the talk, you want to know it, you want to do your prep work, but 80% of it is going to be your mindset and how you're walking into it. And th that was such a great example. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. yeah, of course. Of course. And I will say like, if you see me before stage, two things happen. About 10 minutes before, you're going to see me like very calm. I'm going to be sitting. I'm going to be visualizing what I'm doing because we know how powerful that visualization can be. And then if you see me about five minutes, two minutes, three minutes before, I am like jumping up and down. I'm like, because <laughs> I feel my physiological. Right. So I'm going through that T minus three, right? I'm owning that stress. I'm bringing it to me. I'm like, yeah, this feels good. All right. Because then I can step on stage with that deep breath yeah. and fly into it. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I love that. <laughs> well, I had to do a news station thing, like an interview for my book a couple of weeks ago. And I got to tell you, I was so sweaty. I was just so nervous. <laughs> like, it was ridiculous because I don't usually get that nervous. But really, I love that idea of the barometer of how much you care. And like, I did care because it was my baby, you know, and I was kind of Absolutely. the first time I was sharing it with the world. And yes, but I'm going to next time I go back because they want me to maybe do a monthly segment. I got to just like, I'm going to do that whole like jump around, it. jump it up and yeah. just, yeah, let it fuel me. I'll tell you what what the research shows too. And, and this is, I think, really a, a useful mind shift for people is there was a 20, I think it was a 2013 study. Then they looked at a, at a wide breadth of America and they asked people like, what correlates to the most meaningful, purposeful, fulfilled lives? Right. And the number one correlate was stress. It was wow. stress. Right. So like yeah. past stressful events, present stress, future stress in the form of anxiety and worry. Those are the things that actually drive purposeful, meaningful lives. It's not that your life is good in spite of stress. It is good because of it. So knowing that as you're going into this like stressful situation, you're right. going, oh, oh, this is meaningful. This is great. This, this gives me purpose and meaning. So, yeah, that was definitely yeah. like mind blowing though for me. Like, and I think it probably is for a lot of our listeners to know that like your life is better because of stress. Because yeah. so many of us are trying to get rid of all the stress. And so, Stop. yeah, that's so <laughs> interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your body Thank needs stress. Sharing. It's important. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. Okay, so you're also married. I hope you don't mind me sharing that fun fact. So you are remarried. And I, am. I know because life. I was texting with you. Oh, that's so sweet. Love of your life. I think I cut you off there, but that's True. beautiful. That's good. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. So, but I know I was texting with you one morning at like 5 a.m. on a Saturday where you were off to a event, you know, you're, you're a jet setter, right? You're on the go all the time. So for those of us that have these really big dreams and we're doing something different that might take us away from our significant other, like how, what's the yeah. secret? How do you keep that spark alive? <laughs> The secret is going away. I was wondering about that. I was going to say, does it make the heart grow fonder? No, I mean, listen, I, I joke about that all the time. I, I talk about like, man, COVID was stressful. We were together all the time, you know? Yep. And I, I do think that COVID was a big test for a lot of couples. I'm incredibly lucky. I, I feel like I've been on permanent honeymoon. We, we talk about being on permanent honeymoon because the first time we went traveling together, but this is like way before we were married. I had an event in Hawaii and he came along with me and somebody said, Oh, are you on the honeymoon? And he's kind of like, this is like, this is like a couple months into dating. Right. He right. looks at me and he goes, yeah, yeah. We're on permanent honeymoon. And I was like, oh, I'm 
love that so much. And so for years now, we've been on permanent honeymoon. And I think that mindset, again, of yeah, it's so it's it always comes back to mindset. You create the reality, right? So when you actually, I'll, I'll do this with your listeners. When you think about the first time you fell in love, right? That first mm-hmm. that first week or so when you're in love, and you know it could be pouring down rain. Your boss could be screaming at you. Everything the world could be blowing up, and you're like, oh, life feels amazing. You're like singing a <laughs> Disney song um, <laughs> because your focus <laughs> is on that love and. What I want to remind people of is like, you created that, right? Like your mind created that space, that reality that you got to live in for that short period of time. Well, there's no reason that you can't reinvent that, that you can't create that honeymoon and extend that. So listen, I'm not going to say everything's perfect because that, that's relationships, you know, stress, sure. stress, stress brings meaning, you know, it's yeah. there's always ups and downs. But I think the secret is staying in that mindset of, of reminding yourself like this, this is permanent honeymoon and I'm, I'm so lucky to, to have that. Oh yeah. And I'll take yeah. that one step further <laughs> for our advanced students, like actually do something with that information that you were just given. What is one thing you can do today when you get home from work or wherever, wherever you're listening to this, that you can yeah. create that little honeymoon? Like, can you pick up a card on the way home and just write him a note and slide it under his pillow? Can you make him his favorite coffee today or whatever? Like, I don't know. How can you create that moment? Because we can't just sit back and wait for somebody else to do it, right? Just like there's no career fairy. Like, you it. just got to make it happen. You got to initiate it. That's it. Don't ever stop dating one another. That's, uh, yeah. that's so important. Yep. I love that. Okay. You don't have to answer my next question. Oh, bring it on. I'm, okay. I'm an open book. Let's go. All right. Well, I'm going to just trigger warning it for anyone. Um, here, we go. here we go. And I'll I'll start by sharing my story before I ask you to the question behind it. So I in 20, oh God, I don't even remember the year. I was a pharmaceutical sales rep. And I went out to dinner with a bunch of male doctors and a couple of my counterparts, you know, who worked in the same territory as me. And at the end of the dinner, we all got up to say goodbye. And for whatever reason, I decided to hug one of the doctors. Everybody was hugging. I don't know why we all need to hug, but we needed to hug. So I felt like, you know, here I am, this young 25-year-old. Like, I'm just, just make the doctors happy. They're your clients. So I hug, and he helped himself to a nice handful of my ass. In the middle of Capitol Grill, like plenty of other Mm. tables sitting there watching this all. And I was just mortified. Like I remember the whole drive home just being like, why did that happen to me? Did I do something? Mm -hmm. Like what would give him the impression that I, that would be okay. And because this was my client, I didn't know what to do, what to say. And for the next year or so he was in my territory and I would have to go to his office. And I just remember standing against the wall with my back against the wall and like the food would be on the table And I would put myself in a position where he just simply couldn't get to me or to my body, like as much as I possibly could. Mm -hmm. And it was awful. Like it just sucked because it made my job so much harder. And I had to think and navigate this. And so I know that you have your own sexual assault experience that you have had to deal with. Yeah. Curious, you know, how you have been able to overcome that and what advice you might have for other women who have had a similar experience? Yeah, golly. Well, first of all, thank you. Thank you for sharing your experience. I think that is one of the most powerful things that we can do is to mm-hmm. share all of these experiences because it helps us all feel not alone. 
And what you did there, what you just shared, I think is really, really powerful because you froze. And what women have been taught is in sexual assault, you're supposed to do this, you're supposed to do this, you need to fight, you need to scream, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to carry your keys like this. Why aren't we teaching men not to sexually assault women? Why are we, right? Why, yeah. What, right. why are we teaching women what they're supposed to do? Because here's what happens. Physiologically, what happens to a woman during sexual assault is 70% of us freeze, i.e. Yeah. you cannot fight, you cannot scream, you cannot do all of these things that you've been taught to do. You're in a freeze state. And what that looks like is this. Yeah, the smile, like, right? Like I yeah, literally think I, I probably smile. Like 100%. And you probably said something nice. Because freeze in the peas is how we survived. Again, going back to those ancient mm. brains, females tend to be smaller. We tend to be physically less dominant. We tend to be less fast. So running or fighting, not good options. So what does evolution do? It provides another option. And that is the best way that you are going to survive is to hold very still and try not to take off whoever's assaulting, assaulting you. Wow. And the, the worst part about this response is first of all, we don't talk about it enough. So people only hear about the fight or flight. And so then we blame the victim and then the victim blames themselves. We go back and we second victimize ourselves by going, why didn't I, why didn't I scream? Why didn't I fight? Why didn't I say something? Why didn't I, what? And it's just your biology. So I think the first thing that I'll say is forgive yourself first. It is not your Mm. fault. It is not your fault. It is not your fault. And I cannot say it enough. It is your biology trying to protect you. So it happens across species. It, I mean, yep. you can see this. You can see it's a wild defense to basically save your life. And so thank your brain for doing what it thought it was trying to do to help you. And then, you know, I, I'm a huge fan of counseling. Go seek counseling yeah. for sure. And if you're willing to talk about it. For me, my one, unfortunately, of several sexual assault experiences went very, very public on the front page of the newspaper for multiple days because it was a very prominent figure. And uh, it's a, it is a very jarring time, I think, for, for mm-hmm. women to have to speak out and to have to be the ones constantly pushing that bill. But the, the thing that I will reiterate again and again and again is if we don't speak out, this doesn't change. Right. And if we don't forgive ourselves, we don't change. And if we don't teach our men what freeze responses look like, we're never going to get anywhere. Because again, this is not consent. And that is hard. That's really hard. If men don't recognize that like, just because I'm smiling and nodding at you, I'm not enjoying this experience. This is my biology. Right. And that is is a really difficult thing to get through men's heads in particular, because they are literally wired for sexual overperception which means that they think <laughs> women are into them more than we are, right? right. Like those two factors together. And now you've got women doing this, terrified. And then mm-hmm. I'm like, sweet, she's digging this. So again, <laughs> right. to me, it's all about education. It's about talking about it. It's about making sure that people don't feel alone in those responses um, and in those moments. And it's not about blame and shame. And again, yeah. I, I want to, you know, to, to reemphasize that for the men, like, I'm not coming after you. I don't hate men, you know. It's about educating so that we can do better. Yeah. Thank you for being yeah, open. Absolutely. To, thanks to for that. Thanks for asking the question. Yeah. Sure. I just think questions. there's there's someone listening right now because we all have a story like this. I mean, unfortunately. It, we do. You know, then so the more we can know that we're not alone and we don't have to continually blame ourselves and hide from what our our new life could look like, you know, post-experience. Yeah. 
Like, cause I think a lot of people just continue to blame themselves or they have shame or they feel unworthy. So then they're not going after their dreams and they're not, you know, living their fearless life because there's all these things in the way and they just don't have that worthiness. So I love just yeah. saying, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Love yourself first, man. It's, it's the hardest thing. I will tell you the hardest thing that I ever did. The absolute hardest thing I ever did was to fall in love with myself. Mm. And I, it's a, it's a constant work. It's a constant battle, especially because we're told like, well, that's narcissistic. Don't love it. Like, dude, if you do not take care of yourself, you cannot love other people because you don't know yourself well enough. So, you know, becoming yourself is going to be the hardest thing you ever do. And then loving the person that is yourself is probably the second hardest thing. But, yeah, but it's, it's so a, worth it's it. Battle. It's an ongoing battle. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. but worth the time and effort for sure. Okay. So we're almost out of time. You have an amazing program. And I say that because I'm going through it right now. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So if you're yeah. on, if you're watching the video, right, I have hey. the, the fearless book and it's yeah. behind you, yeah. of course, but for our listeners, don't worry. I'm going to put the link in there because I'm affiliate for this program because I believe in it so much and I awesome. love it. But tell us about your program. Yeah. So it is 52 modules of everything that i know from identity to stress anxiety time management fear of rejection fear of failure confidence building boundary setting imposter syndrome and my favorite chapter manifesting for skeptics and scientists like me so i don't know if you're anything like me and you hear the word manifest you're like oh my gosh if i hear hear one more person manifest like Yes. And um, let's talk about the science behind it and how we can actually use it. So it is my master class on becoming fearless. And yeah, it's available. It comes with that beautiful work workbook. I and the bands. encourage. Oh, the yeah, habit, I bands. habit bands. Are you, do, you, do you use them? I don't have a set. So now, now that I know, we're going to get you a set. So these neural habit bands that Karen's referencing come with the program and they, they're literally like just little sweet little bands that you wear. And there's cognitive science behind it so that when you're developing new habits, when you're changing those old habits, you start to move those bands from one wrist to the other every day. So it's a visual guide of like, did I do the thing? Did I drink my eight ounces of water? Did I, did I meditate today? You know, have I done my gratitude journaling? And as you develop these habits, you get these little dopamine hits just from moving the band, which is lovely. So yeah, there's all kinds of fun science behind it. And um, I'm, I'm super proud of it. It's my life's work. It is amazing. I mean, it is so robust Thank and it's you. really helped me to uncover my fears and examine them more closely and be like, okay, like, so what do I want? What is the next evolution? And I, like, I just can't yeah. tell you, like, there's, we never really arrive, right? There's always work <laughs> to be done. And so yeah. I just, I've so appreciated being in the program and going through it. And the emails are a great daily reminder, or if you don't want to go through the 52 day, like, 50 day accelerator. <laughs> you can do it yearly for the year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Karen's so there's crazy. A she went straight to the, like 50 days. So you can do it two ways, right? You can do it in 50 days. So every day you're getting an email or you can do it like a same person might and it's 52 <laughs> weeks. So you get one email per week, which, you know, it's a little bit more manageable, but Hey, listen, if you're, if you're a go getter, don't let me you know. <laughs> it's like, let's just jump in and do this. Let's go I love head it. first. I love it. And there in for people in Greenville, you have got a big event coming up, Fearless Greenville, November 30th. I'm gonna be there. I can't wait. I bought my oh, ticket like the day it launched. So tell us about this event. What can we expect? Yeah, so this is the program that I get to deliver all over the world. I I had this this 
strange thing that kept happening after every single keynote, somebody would come up to me and say, oh, I wish my daughter could be here. I wish my husband could be here. I wish my brother could have heard this. They so need this. And I realized I have this privilege of delivering this talk to corporations and to associations, but what about individuals? So I decided stupidly probably, but hey, who knows to, to do this, to do this event in my hometown, which is really special. So I rented out Gunter Theater. If you're in Greenville, it's like a 500 person stadium seating, which is going to be really cool theater seating. And I'm going to do my, my fearless program. So it's about an hour and a half of content around how we can understand and begin to use those fears as fuel for, for ourselves. It's, it's perfect for the holidays. It'll be great for your teenagers, for your family, bring the whole family. And I will say, it's, if nothing else, it will be entertaining. So I hope that you walk away with lots of takeaways. I know that you will walk away having cried and laughed for that hour and a half. So yeah. I love come, that. Come I mean, join. If people, if anybody's listening to this and they're not sold already on you, like, I mean, they're crazy. So I, I think you're going to pack Listen, the place, to be honest. I'm excited for it. So yeah, you can get your tickets at the Peace Center. Just check out Fearless Greenville. It's November 30th at 7 p.m. So Thursday, the week after Thanksgiving, bring the whole fam. It'll be fun. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited for you. That's awesome. Where Thanks. else can people find you? You know, I'm on all the socials. So just Dr. Rebecca Heiss. You can go to my website, which is RebeccaHeiss.com. I'm very Googleable, So don't don't hesitate. Reach out as, as Karen did. And I will certainly, it may take me some time, but I promise I'll get back to you. And I'd love to hear from you. So yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. You get the last word. What's the one thing you would say to the woman listening who knows they want to make a change, but they don't know how to get started? I'd say you're wearing the ruby slippers already. I think so often we are constantly looking for the wizard who's going to tell us the thing that, that give us that magic pill or that magic thing. Um, you're wearing the ruby slippers. You already have everything you need to go home, to return to yourself, to find that curiosity and to build that new life. So you've got the power. Oh, yes. I love it. Thank you so much, Dr. Rebecca. It's always a pleasure to be in your company. Thank you for being here. And I can't wait to see you at the event in November. Ah, thank you so much. Thanks for letting me plug it. It was a delight. Thanks for asking such great questions. And yeah, I appreciate being on the podcast. Thanks, Karen. You're welcome. All right, everybody else, stay fabulous. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you're inspired to take action by committing to one of the tips or strategies we talked about in today's episode. And if you want accountability and support, I've got your back. Join my private Facebook group, Successful Working Women Rocking Reinvention today. You'll find a community of like-minded women waiting to support you, exclusive content, and helpful resources to ensure you succeed. Lastly, if you loved this episode, do me a favor and be sure to leave a review. Together, we can encourage more women to live their purpose. See you next time.